0: This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an official community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Panthers your first listen every single day. Make sure to make Lockdown Hornets Your second listen of the day where my friend over there, Walker Mel, is talking Charlotte Hornets every Monday through Friday. I'm sure plenty of y'all are also Hornets fans, especially if you reside here in the Charlotte area. And good news, I will be on every single Thursday throughout the rest of the regular season for the Hornets with Walker, my buddy. So go check me out over there if you want to listen to my takes on the Charlotte Hornets as they've gotten off to a hot start this season, even though they're five and four, lost to Golden State the other night. No big deal. The Hornets look great so far. Miles Bridges looking awesome. Lamelo Ball's looking awesome. So make sure they go check out the show that Walker's doing over there, and especially on Thursdays when I join the show with him. It's Friday, which means it's time for another weekly Friday mailbag. How you can get involved is by following me on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can either at me or DM me, but make sure to first follow me and give me all of your questions that you have every single Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Before we get to those questions, take a look at the injury report for the Carolina Panthers. Mike Giardi of the NFL Network, who resides up in Boston, spends a lot of time following the New England Patriots, closely reported on Thursday that Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers quarterback, who is in a concussion protocol, was limited once again on Thursday at practice. He was also told that Sam Darnold, whose right shoulder, his throwing shoulder was injured in that same hit that he took from Foyer Oluokun that landed him into the concussion protocol. That apparently is as much of a concern as his concussion. So it seems like Sam Drona will not be playing on Sunday. So look for P.J. Walker to start for the Carolina Panthers. You've heard it from Matt Rule earlier in the week. And on Thursday, Joe Brady said it. Everyone apparently in that building has supreme confidence that they can win on Sunday and they can win, I guess, any game moving forward with P.J. Walker as a starter. So it's going to at least be one week where P.J. is going to be a starter for the Carolina Panthers. We'll see what Sam Darnold's status is going into next week against the Cardinals. But all signs point to Sam Darnold being out on Sunday. Christian McCaffrey was also back at practice on Sunday thursday and was there for an open portion to the media he's been designated to return from ir so he has not been activated yet they have a 21 day window he's also not currently listed on the injury report as he's been dealing with a hamstring issue since the injured it on that thursday night football game on the road against the houston texans Have no idea whether he's going to play. It seems like it's going to be another one of those toss-up situations. Might be a game-time decision. Matt Rule will speak to the media one last time later today on Friday to give more of an indication on what's going on with Christian McCaffrey. Terrace Marshall Jr., who missed the last two games after being in the concussion protocol, after taking a vicious hit against the Vikings, He will be back on Sunday, it looks like, as well, where Stan Thomas Oliver, key special teams member and a corner for the Carolina Panthers, did not participate on Thursday with a toe injury, and he was limited on Wednesday. Other guys who were full participants on Thursday were Pat Elfline, Stephon Gilmore, CJ Henderson, Shaq Thompson, who was limited on Wednesday with that foot injury, looked great on Sunday coming back against Atlanta. Jermaine Carter is also back, um, full participant, Cam Irving, Matt Paradis. So the Panthers looking relatively Healthy moving forward into the game on Sunday. And Pat finds one of those guys who was activated the other day after the 21-day window for him to be returned from the designation of injured reserve. Uh, had run out, so the Carolina Panthers have him on the roster. 51 guys of the 53 currently on the active roster. They have two spots where they could bring some guys up. Guys like Justin Burris and Miles Hartsfield are also designated to return from IRs, so we'll take a look and see maybe what happens with them here in the next couple days as the Panthers prepare for New England on Sunday afternoon. Now, something interesting that came from the media. In particular, the conversation that Matt Rule had with the Boston media, the New England media, I guess, is probably the better way to uh, describe them as. But either way, every coach in the NFL, they have a weekly conference call with the opposing team's media. And Zach Cox of Nesson New England Sports Network up there in Boston, he tweeted out that Matt Rule speaking with us on a conference call now, said he coached Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl and said he knew after spending about five or ten minutes with him that he'd be a successful NFL quarterback which opens up the conversation about the Carolina Panthers' decision to bypass a quarterback in the first round back in the Springs draft in 2021. As y'all know, I was not really high on having a quarterback drafted there in the top 10. I was all about getting a left tackle, especially once the Panthers went out and traded for Sam Darnold. It's like, OK, if you are gonna have Sam Darnold on your roster, who I don't think seem any good, you might as well get someone to protect him. And as we've seen, he has not been protected. And that has led him to make the same mistakes that he made in New York with the Jets. And also Sam Darnold just not the answer long term here in Carolina. But someone who might have been the answer long term is Mac Jones and or Justin Fields. And I like Justin Fields a lot. I had said that. I was fine if they wanted to go do that, even though I didn't really understand why they would trade for Darnold, give up those assets, then go turn around and draft a quarterback. Mac Jones, I was not necessarily high on him. I felt like Mac Jones really benefited from the fact that he had a Heisman Trophy wide receiver, another first-round wide receiver in Jalen Waddle, who didn't even really play last season for Alabama after suffering that ankle injury against Tennessee. But he still had a bunch of dudes around him, the best offensive line in college football. Just Alabama's a factory, and any quarterback we've seen in the past, guys like Greg McElroy and AJ McCarron and um, Blake Sims, Jacob Coker have had success in the Alabama offense. Now none of them, other than McCarron, really—I guess McElroy for a period of time—really went on to any NFL career. But, uh, you know Tua Tagovailoa has had a great career at Alabama his you know status in new um Miami is iffy at best they say they're committed to him after trying to get Deshaun Watson and then Jalen Hurts had success out of Alabama before going over to Oklahoma and he's now with the Eagles. But Matt Jones so far has played really well and he wasn't someone I like I said I wasn't really high on him uh, but he's had success being in New England and I figure that any quarterback that went to New England would have success just based off of the infrastructure that's up there with Bill Belichick and the 20-plus years of success that he had with Tom Brady as his quarterback as they won multiple Super Bowls. And that has come to fruition so far for Mac Jones. I'm somewhat surprised that the fan focus here in the Carolinas has still been on Justin Fields and what he's doing in Chicago when Mac Jones has objectively been a better quarterback through the first eight weeks of his career than Justin Fields who, again, has not played As much and also is not in the same situation and and is in a far worse situation with the offensive line struggles and being coached by Matt Nagy, which we saw on Sunday when he didn't have Matt Nagy out there on the sideline. Justin Fields looked pretty good, albeit in a loss to San Francisco. But when we talk about the conversation when it comes to whether the Carolina Panthers should have taken a quarterback there at eight. The focus probably should have always been more on Mac Jones, considering that he was down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl with the Carolina Panthers, and he was being coached by them. They had a hands-on look at Mac Jones. They had to have known him better than Justin Fields. Whatever conversations they would have had with Fields, I don't think they could have had the same relationship that they built with Mac Jones over the course of that week down in Mobile, where they were coaching him every single day, seeing how he is as a leader, and then seeing him in that game. So that might have been the more reasonable conversation to have when it came to the Panthers not taking a quarterback that being a Mac Jones and you can look at pro football focus which is not the gospel but they do evaluations of all players throughout the NFL and since week five Mac Jones has been the highest rated quarterback now take that with a grain of salt because last week Sam Darnold who was 13 of 24 didn't throw for over 150 yards um he was the top rated quarterback in the NFL last week when he really didn't do all that much passing the ball. Now he was a factor in the run game. That's also led him to likely not play again on Sunday. So maybe the conversation changes, but I'll say this about Matt rule. You shouldn't have said that out loud, man. I understand that you like Mac Jones and you came away thinking that he'd be successful, but if that was the case, then why didn't you draft him? Why didn't you tell David Tepper like, Hey, no, no, no. Don't worry about getting Sam Donald or Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson trying to trade for those guys. We got a quarterback right here who's going to be available at 10, or at 8, excuse me. Let's take him. Also, David Tepper, as I've said, I don't believe he has the patience to sit here and wait for a quarterback to develop like a Mac Jones. So it might have been a moot point anyway for Matt Rule to go out there and make, and I still blame Tepper a great deal, and I also blame Matt Rule for his evaluations of quarterbacks over the last couple seasons. But it does not look good on him to go out there and say this when He's brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who we knew day one was not the answer. And he brought in Sam Darnold, who some of us like me knew day one was not the answer. And now they're in a situation where they're gonna be starting PJ Walker in week nine and then looking across the sideline and seeing Mac Jones, a guy who they could have had having success in potentially building a second. I know it's very early to say this, potentially building a second dynasty there in New England, with Bill Belichick. And that's also, you know, dependent upon how long Bill Belichick coaches New England and obviously how successful Mac Jones actually is with the Patriots past his rookie season, where he has been by far the most impressive of the rookie quarterbacks so far this season in the NFL. I wasn't really sure what to predict when I spoke to Mike debate of locked on Patriots for the weekly crossover episode on Thursday's show. I feel pretty good about it now, based off of what I mentioned to you earlier, that Sam Donald's not going to play in, I know some are probably thinking, like, well, you don't think Sam Darnold's any good. Why would it matter? It's like, P.J. Walker's worse, guys. And P.J. Walker, I just I question his decision-making probably more than Sam Darnold, and I don't really think they're going to give him really an opportunity to make mistakes like the way they handled Sam Darnold on Sunday where he was really handcuffed in an offense and they just said, hand the ball off. That's going to be the goal again. I think Bill Belichick and his Patriots defense is going to take away the run game. They're going to force P.J. Walker to beat him. And if P.J. Walker's being forced to beat you, that might be a problem. It will be interesting, though, if a guy like Robbie Anderson has a big day with P.J. Walker when he struggled with Sam Darnold throughout the first eight weeks of the season. And part of those struggles are also, maybe probably the majority of the struggles are also mainly attributed to Robbie Anderson's inability to make plays so far this season, even when he's been given the opportunity. So I'll take New England to win this game. McCaffrey's unlikely to play, it seems like. Sam Darnold seems like he's definitely not going to play without those two guys on offense. I have a hard time believing Carolina is going to be able to beat New England on Sunday, a team that's played the Patriots really well, a team that came off a win last week and on the road against the Chargers. Hate to say it, I think the Panthers are unfortunately going to go down to 4-5 and as they head to Arizona, which has been one of the better teams in the NFL this season who currently sit at 7-1 and for their Week 10 matchup on the road in the desert. All right, going to take a quick pause here. Then when I come back, going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll always have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries. Always make sure to get that m M&M McFlurry. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and. To refuel. So head over to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked on Panthers watch party? Ba da ba I'm loving it. All right, let's get into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Got a few new people asking questions this week, so excited to answer them. Let's start off this week with. Matthew, who says, hey, Julian, I'm Matthew from DTX. That's Dallas, Texas. For those who don't know, listen daily at work. Love the Panthers and Steve Smith. The loam days. My question is dot, 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 dot. I know we lack trade assets, but in all caps, if we were to have traded for a Nick Foles or Andy Dalton level quarterback at the deadline, how much would it really change? What would have been our new ceiling and floor for the season? Thanks. Keep the good work. Hashtag draft and please yeah that's a great hashtag um hmm had they gotten Bulls or Dalton the ceiling would have still been eight and nine maybe nine and eight but probably eight and nine considering they dropped games to the Eagles and the Giants two games that they absolutely. Should have won just based off the opponent. Now, the Philly game, they absolutely should have won just watching the game that day. The Giants game, they absolutely should not have won just watching that game that day. But on paper, those are two games the Carolina Panthers should have won. But again, you know, that's why we play the games. Vegas can only tell you so much. I hear all the time in college football, well, Alabama should be the number two team in the country because they're a 16 and a half point favorite, blah, blah, blah. If they played Cincinnati. Well, they lost to a when they were a double-digit favorite. So that's why we play the game. You like that uh, that little college football playoff Uh. Take answer in the show. Okay, but um, back to the Panthers. Yeah, had they traded whatever assets that they have to trade to get Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, that would have been, first off, a terrible decision. And second off, a decision that would have done pretty much nothing for them this year, in my opinion. Dalton, he's had good years in Cincinnati. Last year in Dallas, you kind of saw what he is. You've seen in Chicago this season what he is. I just don't think that he would have been the answer. Foles, though, he has had the success taking over – at the end of seasons with teams in Philadelphia and helping them, of course, win a Super Bowl where he outdoled Tom Brady to be the MVP and also taking him to the playoffs the next year and winning a wild card game in Chicago, where he, of course, now plays. I just don't think with this offensive line that they were gonna make that big of a difference. Like maybe they would have gotten to the eight and nine, nine and eight mark. But other than that, like I don't really see like how much better the Panthers really would have been. Maybe they would have been a playoff team for sure with them. But even though with saying that, though, they still have to play Arizona, Tampa twice, Buffalo, um, New Orleans, who I don't know what their situation is going to be moving forward. Like there was there's a lot of hard games here in the last nine weeks, and it wouldn't help them, I think, on Sunday because they would have traded for those guys at the deadline. I doubt they would have been ready to go on Sunday against New England where they desperately would have needed them with Sam Darnold obviously not playing. And he probably would have been I don't even know if he would have been traded away. I don't know what they would have done there, but um, I think the ceiling and the floor would have been pretty much the same from the start of the season to now to having them on the roster for then the final nine weeks of the season. All right, moving on. Alex, who asks, with a Jameis Winston injury in New Orleans and the Falcons general incompetence, do you think finishing second in division is a realistic goal or is the remaining schedule too much to overcome? Uh, like, again, on paper. That's why we play the games. But on paper, I don't see how the hell they're going to beat Tampa Bay. Also, if their focus is running the football, they have zero chance to beat Tampa Bay, who's starting to get healthy again. Um, I don't see them beating Buffalo. Buffalo looks like they're the best team in the AFC. Like They should be a Super Bowl team based off of what Kansas City and some of these other teams in the AFC have looked like so far this year. I don't see them beating Arizona, even if Arizona lost J.J. Watt. Like I don't see that happening. So that's already four losses. So that makes them – at best nine and eight and then new orleans on the road like they'll beat i think they'll beat miami i think that they'll beat atlanta again to be three and owned oh in division and so so far right now what tampa not well Tampa. new orleans just beat beat tampa who else did they played in a division i'm trying to think if they've even played atlanta yet i don't think they have yeah second place i just don't really maybe it's a maybe it's a possibility there's been some talk that New Orleans might try and bring in Philip Rivers. We saw last year what they looked like with Taysom Hill. We've seen in the last couple of years what they look like when Drew Brees hasn't played. And they right now without Drew Brees, 5 and 0 at Bridgewater, 2 and 1 with Taysom Hill last year. So that's 7 and 1. And then currently they're what, 5 and 2. So I think New Orleans is probably going to still keep winning football games even even if they have Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon or maybe calling on Philip Rivers who can probably not even throw the ball 5 yards at this point in his career. I think they're still going to be a second place team in the division just because I think they have a better overall roster. And that's going to be a pretty tough ask for the Carolina Panthers at the end of the season to go down there and win in New Orleans. Okay, so uh, let's see. Charlotte Sports Activist, that's his name on Twitter or her name. Hey, Julian, day listener. Love the show. Thank you. And can't wait for your Hornets takes as well. Thank you. I guess Walker already gave the announcement before I, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Do you see a scenario? More likely next year, where Robbie Anderson is sitting on our bench with the further development of Terrace and Shy along a free agency and the draft. Um, certainly is a scenario if he plays where he's played so far this season. The only reason he's not on the bench right now is because they don't have any other options. Like on Sunday, they were down to what Shy Smith was their third receiver. Who else were they going to throw the football to? Well, Robbie didn't have a catch. The only catch he would have had, he got absolutely destroyed. And God bless him, thank God he got up. From that was a vicious hit, and we've seen plenty of those. Um, and Shaq Thompson talked about this when he thought about the hit that Demonte Casey had on Cam a couple of years ago when he was sliding, which was a dirty hit and got him ejected. Now the hit on Sunday was not dirty per se; it was a clean hit. But man, did, geez, did you really have to love him like that? And it led to a little scuffle. But Robbie has not been good so far this season. Whether it's been Darnold's fault, his fault not catching the football, or the the routes he's being asked, the scheme—I don't know. It's been a bad year for Robbie. It's been a bad decision for the Carolina Panthers through eight weeks have given him that extension where he would have only been owed $8 million this year. That would have none of it would have been guaranteed. And then they could have moved on. And certainly looks like that would have been the better decision to make. He can still bounce back in the nine, next nine weeks. And he's still going to be on the roster next season past next season. They can get out of it. But right now it's a situation where I'm sure they would love to not have that contract and be able to get away from Robbie Anderson. So yeah, if he plays like he did, he's played so far this year, next season and Terrace Marshall takes that next step. And same thing with Shai Smith. I don't think they're going to be drafting any wide receivers. They don't really need to do that. they got to pay DJ, and then they already have Robbie on their roster getting paid, and then they have Terrace and Shai who they just drafted. So receiver is certainly not a need. But I could see a potential where maybe, you know, he gets benched next year, which would not be a great situation for him. Or the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte sports activists also say they keep believing in him every week to finally have a sidekick sign of relief, sigh of relief game, uh, but I think I'm past the breaking point and losing hope in him being a solid NFL wide receiver. Well, he's certainly, he's already proven he is a solid NFL wide receiver. He was just having a really, 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 really rough stretch. All right, Eric. I know everyone is excited for McCaffrey to return, but if he is not absolutely 100%, do we play him and risk further injury, or do you think if he feels good enough to practice, put him, in, I put him out there? Well, if he's not 100%, they're not going to put him out there, which is why, they didn't put him out there when they were doing the whole we're gonna take it week to week, maybe game time decision deal before putting him on IR. Like the doctors eventually said, like, this is stupid. Just sit him down. He sat down. He also asked me, Eric does maybe split the running low between Chuba and McCaffrey for his first week back. I said this on Sunday, I'm gonna say it again. If the Carol if McCaffrey's healthy, I want to continue to see the Carolina Panthers. Give him the football as much as possible, and whatever it takes to win games. Joe Brady, <laughs> I know probably to the ire of a lot of you, went out there on Thursday and said, "Yeah, I'm not really concerned about the workload. We're going to continue to do the same things." Now, that's not verbatim what he said, but pretty much that was the gist of it—that he wasn't concerned. Let me see. Let me pull up and find the tweet real quick, as I someone asked him, and I, I actually quote tweeted with the—you uh, the think about anger management, the uh, Jack Nicholson a uh, gif, yeah, because I'm all for that. Uh, Sheena Quick, who covers the Panthers, said that Brady says his perspective on McCaffrey's usage hasn't changed due to the injury, and nor should it, in my opinion. Like If the guy is 100%, he's 100%. Let's go. McCaffrey said it's not because of its usage. It's because of the quick turnaround. This is not a quick turnaround. He hasn't played since week three on a Thursday. It's been a long time since Christian McCaffrey has been out there on that field. If they're going to run the ball 40 times a game, Of course, he shouldn't be running at 40 times, but he should be running at 25, and then the other 15 carries give them to Amir Abdullah or Royce Freeman or Chuba Hubbard. So probably Chuba Hubbard, then Amir Abdullah. That's what they did on Sunday where Chuba got 24 carries, and the rest of those guys got the other, what, 15 running back carries, whatever it was. I know Darnold had like eight carries. So that's the kind of split I want to see. If you're going to run it 40 times, 25 for McCaffrey, and then the rest from the backup running backs. That's how I want to see it. So, hey, if you don't like that, then, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Okay, so going to answer more of your questions here after we take another quick pause here on Locked on Panthers. Y'all, we're only about 3 weeks away from one of my favorite holidays. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats, there's plenty of them, and there's plenty of dessert as well. And maybe you're looking for a dessert this holiday season that's not full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is a new holiday dessert feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of the raspberry pie lots of good flavors replace any pie low calorie low carb low fat high protein covered in 100% real chocolate built is a great option for when you're hungry if thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough go for a built bar or two share some of your family gathering it will make things less awkward maybe aunt betty hasn't tried a built bar yet so go ahead and get her one new surprises all month Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly so check this site often there's nothing like a built bar black friday mark your calendar black friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises go to built.com use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com BetOnline is back in better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From the NBA to college basketball, college football, the NFL – NHL boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, a few more of your mailbag questions before we get out of here on a Friday. Travis asks, Beside the battle line play, what do you think is the next point we need to work on in the offseason? Quarterback, 100%. Um, all right, moving forward. It's, I mean, it's that simple. Moving forward. Mike, he says, hey, Julian, Mike from the UK, big Panthers fan. Love the Locked On podcast. I don't want to be negative, just realistic. Okay. There is a small chance we will get to the playoffs this year with not a great schedule left. Like you, I don't think Sam is the solution. Wouldn't it be better to get the picks we need for the right quarterback next year? I don't think we have much draft capital left, and we are going to need it. I love McCaffrey, but we could get some much-needed picks for a quarterback and a half-decent O-line. I really think Rule we'll, could get us near a Super Bowl. Again, love Panthers, locked on, keep pounding. Hope that doesn't come across too negative. ha? Huh? Yeah, it's you're fine, man. You're just being realistic. You know, sometimes the truth is – uh is not always positive. And the truth is that Sam Darnold is not the answer here in Carolina. Um, we've seen that through eight weeks. And really, you've seen it through three and a half years of his career in the NFL. Unfortunately, that's been the case. And that's going to be the case for the Panthers. So, yeah, they're going to have to figure th- something out. Are you suggesting that they should trade McCaffrey? Because I don't really hate that idea. I think they're better, obviously, with McCaffrey out on the field. At least we that's what we'd be seeing this season. Now, last season, we barely got to see him. So, we didn't really know how good the offense was with McCaffrey. They were pretty darn good without him in terms of the production from DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, and Curtis Samuel. So they could have obviously been better with him. Um, I don't really know if they trade him, what can they get from him? Uh, well, how many teams in the league? I'm sure there's plenty of teams that want McCaffrey. But I think more teams would probably rather like have a Derek Henry for his deal than they would want McCaffrey for his deal. Even if Derek Henry like McCaffrey, is dealing with an injury that might keep him out for the rest of the season. At least that's Henry's case. McCaffrey should be back either Sunday or sometime next week or in the near future for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Yeah, getting a quarterback would be great. I don't think the Panthers will be drafting in the top ten unless they just have a complete collapse on the stretch. Their defense seems to be way too good for that to happen. There will be quarterbacks available. um, And who knows, maybe they're able to trade back in the first round or something like that, be able to pick up more assets it's gonna be difficult for them to be able to identify and I don't a quarterback in the first round so I I don't really know what they're gonna do honestly um but thanks for the question there all the way from the UK Mike uh Brett who says hey Julian love the show thanks Brett gotta admit it's nice not having to worry about the kicking position the last couple weeks outside of the defense Zane was the best part of the team on Sunday I know you and I both were very skeptical of him Abdullah looking like a great addition, especially for a checkdown, averaging 11.7 yards per catch. Nice to have, especially if we don't get 100% McCaffrey back this year. My Friday mailbag question: What do you think about the first quarter play to Moore to the in the end zone? It was a great throw by Darnold. Rule challenge to call, and they didn't give it to us. I think we should have looked at that play a lot more closely. Had we lost the game, more in our offense got robbed. Had to take the three instead. Um, yeah, like I did talk about that. How that was we're back at square one of what's a catch that seemingly I figured that that had have been a catch. I don't really understand how it wasn't a catch, but it wasn't a catch. Apparently according to the rules, I guess he didn't survive the ground or whatever BS they like to say. In the end, it didn't hurt the Panthers at all because they were playing the Falcons and the Falcons stink and they controlled the line of scrimmage all day, running the football down their throat and they got the touchdown late. Um, would have been a bad situation. had they not. So yeah, had they lost the game. Then certainly we would have talked more about it, but considering they didn't lose the game, It's less of a talking point, even though it is something that is important to bring up Brad, who I think has a Cam Newton question for me, says, I agree with your take from last week that it was most likely would never happen. I mean, it's not most like it's never going to happen, Brad. It's not going to happen. Either way, he says, unfortunately, I think this front office would never want to admit they were wrong with their handling of him to begin with. Okay, with Sam going down with concussion and PJ nearly throwing the game away his first play, I would love to see Cam get a shot. I follow the Patriots all offseason close to the Panthers, and honestly, Cam looked healthier now than any time in the past five years. Daily, there were highlights of him slinging at 50 yards of ease. I agree we should not give away any assets to trade for help now, so why not give Cam a shot since he's a free agent and would cost nearly nothing? This seems like the only scenario to improve the team with no implications past the season unless you want to lose and get a better draft pick. I'm definitely not in favor of like tanking and trying to lose to hopefully get a better draft pick, even though I know plenty of fans like last year were up in arms because the Panthers had the audacity to win a game against Washington late in the season. They want a top five pick. Which, as you've seen, seems like Carolina would have still gone with a guy like JC Horn. Well, they wouldn't have got JC Horn. They would have gotten um, Panay Sewell instead, which would have been great. So it didn't work out. Um, the, The Cam thing is like, we're not living in reality if you think Cam Newton is coming back to Carolina. The evaluation of this staff of Cam Newton has not changed. There's no, I don't believe it has changed from what, March of 2019 to now November of 2021. If they wanted Cam Newton for another year at a very affordable cost, which they ended up paying Teddy Bridgewater when they gave him that contract, they gave Teddy Bridgewater more money for one year than he would have ended up giving Cam Newton for that one single year. And there's also the question whether Cam would have played on an expiring deal without getting a new contract. I don't know. He was their evaluation of Cam Newton has not changed. They were ready to move on. They've moved on. I don't think they regret moving on from Cam Newton because you look at what he looked like last year in New England. I don't think there was ever a point in time you sat there and watched Cam Newton and truly believe that the Carolina Panthers made a mistake by letting him go. Maybe they made a mistake in giving Teddy Bridgewater a contract, but that does not necessarily mean they made a mistake by letting Cam Newton go. I love Cam. Would have loved to see him here last year in Carolina. But from what I've seen from Cam Newton in the preseason this year and last year with the Patriots, it does not lead me to believe that things would have been really all that much better at the quarterback position here in Carolina and that things would have worked out bringing him here mid-season where he doesn't know the offense has no relationship with Joe Brady really i guess he might have had a little bit one when they first got here i don't see how that's a better situation that that's going to fix the situation here in carolina like the o-line's still terrible and yeah maybe cam's more is healthier with the arm and all that kind of stuff i just don't see how that was going to fix anything here in carolina this season i i just don't see it and also, like, they moved on. So if they moved on, then why don't we all just move on? He'll come back to Carolina one day, but it's going to be the Go in the ring honor or hall of honor, whatever the hell it's called. I I really got to figure out what it's actually called. So that's just – that's that's the situation. I, I understand you want Cam back, Brad, and you're not the only person who's asked about this. It's just not going to happen. So there's no point in really sitting here and hoping for it to happen when it's just not reality. Um, okay, a couple more questions here. Steve Julian, I was in it. Oh, well, I guess he's mentioned. He, I guess there's a comparison here with the Falcons and Panther Stadium. He said, Julian, in Atlanta, even with the lack of fans in the stands, it was a much more lit <laughs> in uh, environment than we see here in our own stadium. Do you think Tepper Stadium idea will be more like Atlanta or Dallas, or do you think he will keep it more traditional if he builds it? Thanks for all that you do. Uh, yeah, you're welcome, Steve. Yeah, if Tepper builds that massive stadium, which it sounds like he wants to build a Charlotte Pipe and Foundry, he can personally kick rocks and go build that stadium in South Carolina or on on Mars for all I care because I'm not trying to pay for a stadium. And I don't believe in the whole he'll pay for a third, the city will pay for a third, and then PSLs will pay for a third when he's the richest owner of the league. like That's complete crap, in my opinion. As a resident of the city. Now, if you live in South Carolina or in Georgia or wherever you live in the world and you have to worry about paying for the stadium, then yeah, sure. Be excited about a stadium that probably is not going to put its own fans in there based on what we've seen the last couple weeks at Bank of America Stadium. Personally, it kind of ticks me off that this dude has the audacity to act like that I, who is not a billionaire and a citizen of the city who's been here pretty much my entire life, should have to pay for his stadium when his team doesn't even put out a winning product on Sundays for the past four seasons. Like, that's that's BS, in my opinion. But if he does build one of these stadiums, he's going to build a stadium just like they have in Atlanta and Dallas, and you see down in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. He's going to build one of those palatial palaces. He's not going to build a stadium that looks like what we have here or in Kansas City or even MetLife. He's going to build a dome stadium or a retractable roof, whatever it's going to be. I know he talked about with COVID that, you know, having a dome stadium is probably not what he wants to do because of the situation with that and yada, yada, yada. He's still going to build a stadium that's going to be able to hold final fours. So therefore, he's going to build a stadium that is going to be retractable. Maybe you can retract the roof to a point where it's way more open air than what you see the traditional retractable roofs down in Houston and in Atlanta. But I think he's going to have a stadium similar to what you have in Dallas, similar to what you have in Atlanta, similar to what you have down in Los Angeles. So we're not going to you know, get some stadium we have like right now. Um, if that was the case, then just stay in the building you're currently at. Uh, okay, a couple more. Kurt. Millbay question: How impressed are you with Shaq's transformation as one of the team's true leaders, not just on the field, but clearly a relationship with Rule? As Rule mentioned, Shaq's mindset, specifically when also discussing the team's mindset on things almost weekly. Yeah, Shaq Thompson's been awesome, Kurt, and he kind of mentioned earlier on, at least at some point last season, that early on when Rule came, a lot of the guys are kind of like not really sure whether they wanted to buy into what Rule was selling them, and he was certainly one of those guys, and we've seen. Last season, but really this season, he's really turned it on on the field. And he's truly one of the leaders of this football team, like you mentioned. And yeah, I'm very impressed to see the former first rounder out of Washington play the way he's played so far for the Panthers and be such an instrumental piece. Uh, Ken, he said, is it possible that Joe learned from last week, Joe Brady, that is, that he can't run the LSU offense and that he might need to cater the game plan to the personnel on the roster? Yeah, it's possible. Also, I mean, Matt Rule let him know that. Hey, he, Matt Rule had already said this. Like, we are not an elite passing team. LSU that year in 2019, with Joe Burrow at the quarterback position, Terrace Marshall as the number three wide receiver, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, um, and Clyde edwards alaire and Randy Moss's kid, and the best offensive line in college football. Like, they had everything going r- right for them here in Carolina. Offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Um, you have one really good wide receiver and another one who's a good one, but he's just not playing well this season. And your quarterback's just not a good passer. Like he's not elite, doesn't make a decision. So it's going to be pretty hard to replicate what they did even last season, but really in 2019 at LSU when you have a struggling offensive line and a struggling quarterback. So I think, yeah, he did recognize, and he said as much at least on Thursday that, yeah, he doesn't really care how they find a way to win as long as they find a way to win and run the football 47 times and incorporating the quarterback as a runner too, which ended up leading to um, him getting injured and likely missing on Sunday is what they needed to do to beat Atlanta on Sunday. So I think he's recognized that. And Matt rules message certainly got across So they had their Monday morning come to Jesus meeting last week. Final question here from Russell in North Carolina. He says, what's your personal favorite Panthers uniform combo mixed results historically, but I've always been partial to the electric blue Jersey black pants combo. I personally do not like the Panthers blue at all. I do love the color blue, particularly Carolina blue, like the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill blue. And I like Navy blue Panthers blue. Don't like it. I bought things that are Panthers blue before, and I've always ended up returning them because it just it's not a good color for me. So maybe it's good color on you and it's good color on the pants. I just I don't like their blue personally for me. It becomes it, it comes between the all white uniforms, white pants, white britches or What I kind of like to call the London combo of the white pants, black britches. I like those a lot, but I think probably the all whites are probably my favorite Panthers uniforms, especially now that they play on field turf where they don't get dirty. They kind of stay clean for the most part throughout the game. I'm a big fan of the all white Panther uniform combo. Russell, all blacks. I know people like those. I just don't think the all blacks look all that great. Maybe back when Cam was here, they look better. I just don't think they look as good now. All right, thanks again, guys, for listening to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, so that you can participate in next week's Friday Mailbag here on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me to get your questions in for next week's show. Thanks again for the support this week and all of the previous weeks. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you all on Sunday around 6 p.m. Hopefully talk about a Carolina Panthers victory over the New England Patriots.